Welcome to another edition of Sheffy's Sandbox. I'm April Don Scheffler, and today's episode is an interview with numerologist Michelle I. Rivas. Now, you may notice when it comes to the linguistic tag portion that it's uh, not the word that the prior guest gave, and that's because I had um, already recorded an episode before this, but I'm switching it up and distributing this, publishing it out of order. And I'm having to do that just to make sure that this conversation with Michelle gets out there in the world in time for you guys to register for her numerology course, if that's something that you feel called to. Registration for that uh, ends on the 11th, so in three days. I would ask if you're listening on Apple Podcasts to go on there and leave a rating and review. Uh, There are, as of now, two reviews, and one of them is my own, so it's not exactly unbiased, so make it easier for other people to find the show. If you're enjoying it, please leave a rating and a review. Now, there is a lot uh, to this episode. It's a long, lengthy podcast, so I want to pass on a helpful tip that I heard a friend talk about. She is going through Uh, classes to get her PhD and she has to listen to a lot uh, of coursework and she has said that a lifesaver has been adjusting the listening speed so I want to invite you to do the same I encourage you to play with the different settings and because I don't want you to miss out on any of the juicy goodness of this podcast but at the same time I can realize that not many of us have an hour and 40 minute chunk of time that we can sit down and listen to everything. So uh, try it out, see if you're able to get all the same benefit, but more condensed. Um, In the show notes, I've included a link to a blog post that I created discussing the pros and cons of different podcast listening apps and platforms. I do try to make things really easy on you guys. So in the show notes, I spend a lot of time on there with my hyperlinks. Uh, but yet some of the platforms, those not all of the hyperlinks come through. So I have on there at least for the five, I think, different platforms that I've downloaded, which on which of those the hyperlinks come through, uh, how many listening speeds and what they are that each platform offers the listener. And if you are listening on Anchor, I believe that's about 10% of you. Um, One of the cool benefits that you get is the hyperlinks don't always work, but you are able to see under the uh, show details, the different segments. So whereas everyone else would just have to like maybe fast forward it 30 seconds to see if there's something that catches their interest. You guys would be able to uh, see the names of the different segments and skip directly to that particular part of the show. So um, just in case you weren't aware of that, that may be a really cool feature that you want to check out on Anchor. So even though there is like an hour and 40 minutes worth of content, if that's just not enough for you, uh, I'll be putting the entire two and a half 
hour long conversation unedited up on my Patreon page. So that's going to be patreon.com forward slash April Nific. And while you're there, you'll notice that there is a thunder level of support. If you were to sign up for the thunder level, you get a one-time homemade gift and access to a lot of the cool stuff that I read in the Akashic Records through the blog that I maintain there. I think that's about it. That's enough, right? (laughs) This was a really cool episode. I know I probably say that all the time, but Michelle gave me like one of the coolest compliments after we were done recording. And she was such a champ. We had gone through a hypnosis workshop for uh, three plus hours that afternoon. And then we followed it up with this two and a half hour interview. And she didn't show any signs of slowing down. So it was really nice uh, for her to be so engaged. And like I said, let me go back to the best compliment. After we were done, she said that with an interview, often it can be question, answer, question, answer, blah, blah, blah. She said that, however, with this episode in Sheffy's Sandbox, she had felt that we went exploring. And I don't know if she could have realized what a cool compliment that is, because that's exactly what I want for these podcast episodes. Um, I want to be able to go exploring myself. I want the listener and the person I'm interviewing. I want us to all feel changed and better for having listened to this conversation. Otherwise, it's kind of a a waste of time. Um, Maybe it's entertaining, but I would rather it be entertainment with intention, right? So it entertains and at the same time uh, makes us more curious about different things. So I thought that was such a huge compliment. And I hope you get that same vibe out of listening to this conversation that you are going exploring with us. So without further ado, here's my conversation with numerologist Michelle I. Rivas. Thanks for joining me in Sheffy's Sandbox. I'm April D. Scheffler, and I invite you to play with me and my guest today, Michelle I. Rivas. Welcome, Michelle. Thank you. It's so great to be here, April. Thank you for inviting me. I want to extend a special thanks uh, because I know we've just gotten out of a three-plus-hour Zoom meeting together. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And now we're sitting back down in front of the computer for, um, for another conversation. So uh, I appreciate uh, you taking the time today to do that. Oh, my pleasure. It's so much fun. And those three hours went by so fast. And I'm sure this time together is going to go by quickly also. So it'll, when you're having fun, time flies. Time flies when you're having fun. Well, in this segment, we pop into a virtual coffee house before hitting the beach. So being the benevolent host that I am, your order's on me. So what order do you give the barista? Ooh, I would like a green tea latte, please. You got it. This segment I have recently renamed uh, to 
I think I know you from somewhere. So sometimes living one's purpose and going through this human experience can look like playing big and other times it can look like playing small. So in your spotlight moments, Michelle, have there been any claims to fame, times that our listeners may have seen you or your work? Oh, I'll have to go back to quite a while ago to, I used to be a magician's assistant at this big magic show called Magic of Polynesia in Waikiki. And um, yeah, so maybe you saw me disappear or levitate on water. <laughs> That's where you might do that. Oh, I did that. Oh, gosh. 20 years ago? Oh, over 20 years ago. Wait, my son is going to be 25. I'd say about 25 years ago. And how long did you do that for? I think I did it for a couple years. It was so much fun. I really enjoyed it, yeah. It sounds like fun. <laughs> but I won't give away the secrets. We, we won't ask you. <laughs> we won't make it's you usually... have to change your name and go into some type of witness protection program or anything. Right. Like that. That's usually the next question is, oh, how did they do it? Mm. <laughs> no, we're going to keep the magic. Okay, okay. <laughs> we're keep the magic in this. Yes, yes. Well, guests are asked to choose a word or phrase that they would like to hear used more often in everyday conversation. Something that doesn't get enough play or enough airtime. And the prior guest chose flaps. So you are tasked to try to somehow fit that into our conversation today, okay? Okay. <laughs> that word, flaps, okay. Flaps. And Challenge accepted. I don't know if you need any background or not. Um, I haven't finished editing the episode, so you wouldn't have heard it. Um, but the, the lady was saying, I think it's in the snowboarding community. Uh, she uh, has a few friends. And like whenever they're eating something or drink, drinking something that's just really good, they'd be like, that flaps. <laughs> so, okay. <laughs> it just tickled her. So she said that she, her, that's yeah. why her word is flap or flaps. I love it. Okay, got it. Now Perfect. you also get to choose a word for the next guest to dance with. And it could be a peculiar word that you find funny or something that just resonates with you. So what are you laying down for them to pick up? Okay, so my word is uh, spectacular. And I love this word because there's the word spectacle in it. And sometimes when we say someone made a spectacle of themselves, they were like crazy or they're like weird but I like to see it as witnessing someone's someone's greatness someone being full expressed so to be spectacular is someone is witnessing you in your full glory shining bright being spectacular so spectacular is my word I don't know about you but I feel uh, seen and supported in our hypnosis workshop. Like that community of people, that's one of the places that I, I really do feel that we are all seen. And I don't know, I feel like spectacular. Like each one of us are spectacular in yes. that session. Whenever we're sitting there learning and talking together, I just feel like each one of us, like there's not just one spotlight, but we're all 
shining. It's a pretty neat experience. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I love it. Yes. Yeah. Well, let's talk about numerology. Okay. So I was reading, I think it was either on your website or a newsletter that you sent, but I really thought it was a cool story how you got introduced to numerology. So could you tell our listeners about that? I was listening to a podcast and the guest was a numerologist and I heard the way she interpreted the numbers, the way um, it had special meaning for people and it like really resonated and landed. And um, I thought there's something about this. There's something about taking these things, these numbers, these figures, digits that are all around us but there's something more to them. They have meaning, they have symbolism, they have uh, messages for us. So I thought, oh gosh, there's something here that really speaks to me. And then soon after, there was a numerology course she was offering, and then that's it. From there, I was hooked. I, everywhere I went, I'm like, oh, what does that number mean? What seat am I sitting in? What hotel room am I staying in? What does, you know, what kind of experience is going to be waiting for me? Or what's the theme of that, um, that day or the theme of the, um, that stay of wherever I was, that trip? So, yeah, it's, it fascinated me. And so here I am, 12 plus years later, still being amazed and touched by the numbers. And now I want to share it with people because I think it's so great. I don't want to hide it and I don't want to keep it all to myself. So I really would like to expose people to more numbers, to more numerology, and for them to be able to interpret numbers themselves. I think that's really important. What came to mind is that some people would wonder like you gave the example of the hotel and the seat, um, they would wonder if that, if knowing that like colored your experience and made it predetermined, like you already had an idea of what the experience was going to be like. And so you manifested that experience. Um, and then maybe some people wouldn't want to know, but what came to mind was the idea of um, a museum. Okay, and so we're each seeing the same thing, but some of us get a lot more out of the experience if we know about, if we have the little headphones on, you know, to mm -hmm. hear what's like about the artist and like what the, the whole story behind the picture. And all of a sudden, that's kind of what, when you, as you were speaking, that's kind of what it meant to me is that the people who want to see like what meaning the meaning of numbers they're going around the little headset on to get that extra texture to really dig into the experience yes that's perfect it's also like going on like a road trip so you want to pack certain things you want to have your snacks and your games and your favorite music and then that helps you navigate or make this makes the trip more comfortable um, being prepared. So if I see a number that maybe it's a seven, I'm going to know that it's really something introspective for me. It's going to be an introspective time, a time to go inward rather than be extroverted and out there and, you know, having fun or partying or whatever. It's going to be more like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to take things in a little bit more um, 
gently or take my time with things, um, slow down. So it just depends. Um, you And I think that if you don't, sometimes you can go through the experience and then do the numbers after. And then you're like, ah, yes, that's why. That's, that's the theme of, of that experience. Well, let me ask you, what occurred to me is, uh, when I asked you for this interview, did you check the date first? No, I didn't. <laughs> okay, I didn't know how far you took that. Um, <laughs> like, I don't know about that. That doesn't seem like a very auspicious, you know, day or something. I don't know. <laughs> well, no, today is the 6th. So that's all about love and compassion and creating family. Um, it's also about responsibility and being a caretaker, taking care of knowledge or a person or something you care about. So I, it was a really nice day, the day of six, February 6th. It's a very sweet number. And it's also a number to remind yourself to love yourself because the six, it loops back around back to itself, right? Because it's kind yeah. of a, it kind of loops around at the bottom. It's not open. It reflects back to yourself or back to the number. Mm -hmm. So it's a great, it's a great day to have a podcast interview with you. <laughs> Let me ask a nosy question. Um, so numerology, is it, I don't, I'm almost laughing to say, is it a lucrative business? Like, I know some people would be interested in numbers, but maybe not enough to put out cash. Like, is it um, kind of like a an astrology reading where people are actually legitimately interested enough where numerology is the same way, where they will pay you for your time to sit down with them and uh, plan out things or look at the significance of certain numbers? Yes. So numerology is so versatile. So you can use numerology in pricing your things, in launching certain um, offers. You can use it as a, a product or service itself. You can even use numerology in conjunction with whatever you're offering right now. So um, say you're a coach and um, you can use their numerology blueprint, so the day of birth and their name at birth. And that tells you really important information like life purpose, their destiny, what their inner gifts and unique talents are. And you can use that as a foundation or blueprint to go ahead and, okay, what part of your numerology blueprint do you want to highlight or work on or bring more into your life? So that's how you could use um, numerology as uh, as like a add-on to your services or incorporate into your services. You can also use numerology like a, as a reading, like an astrology reading. You can even combine astrology and a, a numerology together. So there's it's there's so many things you can do with numerology. It's fascinating. One thing that I do love about numerology that sets it apart from like an astrology reading is that for one thing, you can change your name to be aligned with a certain frequency or a certain number. So you can consciously bring that in. And then, um, so in astrology, you have, you could have two people born on the same day, say like twins, same place, same day. 
about the same time, right? But their names are going to be different. Unless you both name them Angela, uh, which most likely won't happen. But, you know, if they're born on the same day, their names will give you an extra, um, it's a differentiating uh, way to look at someone or to do a reading for someone. So do you want to hear what your, okay, first of all, let's, you want to do your name? Yes. And so, if you would tell me, okay, so even though I'm married and I took my husband's last name, um, I, I still go by my maiden name with my, all of my, my writing and my, like, so with professionally with the podcast and my books, my poetry, whatever it is, I usually use my, my, my maiden name. So I'll do April D, you know, Milneshul D Scheffler. So mm -hmm. I guess numerology wise would, is that, is it better just to use April Scheffler or April D Scheffler, or should I just use the whole thing? Let's do your name at birth. Okay. First, because I calculate current names differently using a whole different number system than I do calculating your name at birth. So your name at birth equals uh, a 90, a nine zero. And so that reduces to a nine. But I like to look at the double digits um, before we get to the root number. So nine and a zero. So the nine is all about humanitarianism. It's bringing everyone together. It's including everyone. And it's about the oneness of, even though it's a number nine, it's the oneness of, of humanity. So it's a beautiful number about knowledge and wisdom and sharing that knowledge and wisdom for the benefit of the collective. So if you look at the number nine, it looks like a, a stick figure with a big head, right? It's all about this head, the head, the nine, the circle at the top. And so this person, you, that holds the vibration of the number nine. You're not about to tell me that I think too much. Like stay in my <laughs> mental space <laughs> because it's so me. <laughs> it could be because it could look like the, you know, the wheel of the nine, the loop. Mm -hmm. So your thing is to bring all that information, all that thinking, all that knowledge and wisdom down and ground it and share it with others because there's the straight line. You have this, the circle of the nine at the top and then the straight line going down next to it. So it's like taking all of that and then sharing it with others, grounding it. So it's, it's bridging the ethers, the thoughts, the invisible to the, to the visible in a way that serves humanity, in a way that serves everyone, the collective. That yeah. is cool, Michelle, because I can tell you having studied a little bit of my human design, and I'm, I'm not sure if you've heard of human design, but basically that's what I am. Like what I've gotten out of that is because I'm a projector. What it's about is taking my own experiences. It's a very individual, uh, it comes from a very individual place, but I take in all this stuff through my head, <laughs> you know, that I'm observing, that I'm feeling, and I just work it until... I can share it to others. And so I'm not necessarily um, 
even though I'm sharing my individual experience and feelings, um, human design says that it's for somehow that serves the greater good, the bigger collective by me sharing my, my personal insights and so forth. So I think it's so cool how they, they, the two line up. It's neat. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. That's exactly what your destiny number is all about. This is what you're here to do is to share your knowledge and wisdom, your thoughts um, with others mm -hmm. for the benefit, for the healing, for the support of others. So that that's how you serve. That's how you help is taking those personal experiences and sharing that with others. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, they said that not necessarily, I won't be the person actually doing the work, <laughs> mm -hmm. but I'm more of that idea uh, person, you know, that I'm taking those thoughts and the, like a visionary, like I'm taking those thoughts and I'm not actually the feet on the ground to make it happen, but yet some, that wisdom, that insight, um, that I'm slowly getting, you know, calling from my personal experience, somehow that serves the greater good. So I think that is so neat. Yes. And you have the zero, the nine and the zero, 90, right? And the zero is about God support or universal support. It's holding the vibration of beyond the physical. So it's the spiritual, it's also the cosmic egg. So from where everything is born and created. So it's a very creative number. The zero, you can think of it like an egg because it looks like an egg, right? A, a oval shape. And uh, that's what we're birthed from, right? Egg, we're, we come from the uh, a fertilized egg. Um, it's also, you think of it as uh, like a birth canal. So um, it's about that whole deep mystery of creation, of what's possible. That's the zero. And then you have the support of God, universe, source to make it happen that supports you. So it's a really, really beautiful number. So it's, you have, like you have a mission to do here with what you're sharing and you're supported by God, source, universe, creator of all beings. Do you find that people starting out with numerology have a certain number or two that's common to everybody? That, that starts, that's one that people start to notice when they start looking, when they know I, to look? I think numerology or the numbers that you, uh, connect with is a very personal thing mm. but the whole thing the one common thing the common thread with all the numerologists or the people who become interested in numerology is that they know that there's something there they're like okay there's something about i'm noticing it's catching my attention the one and the zero zero and the one or the the zero zero one or the 1111 or the repeating numbers there's yeah. something there that's catching my attention and then they're wondering okay well what is it why is this why why am i writing it down why am i taking note of it and then once they hear learn understand that there's 
meaning behind the digits, then it's like, ah, okay, I got it. It's a message. It's saying, saying something to me. It has something very deeply personal. Um, that's why I'm seeing these numbers. So it, it's something so mundane and so ordinary, right? We, we use numbers every day, every minute of the day. So sometimes it's hard to believe that that could have magic. Like my calculator here. This, it, come on, this is really not, right? Right, exactly, yeah. So it's, because we interact with, with it every day and it's become so ordinary, they're like, how can that have symbolism, meaning magic behind it? But it actually really does. There is significance, um, messages, and also frequency and vibration with the numbers. I had asked the Akashic Records back on November 11th, uh, what is the significance, if, if any, of 1111? This one particular part um, where it talks about numerology in general. Numbers can represent ideas and plans because these are all energy. And again, numerology is a science of sorts of energy. Trust that you can believe something that is not true and it still be for your highest good. Sciences that you can't factualize yet are still worthy fields of study for numbers are energy and energy is powerful. Oh gosh, that's so beautiful. Yes. So that being said, I, I guess I can tell everyone um, that I have signed up for your numerology course. <laughs> Yes. Oh, I'm so excited. Yes. I'm so honored. This is your first course that you've created? Yes, it's my very first course. Um, I received nudges for many, many years to do a numero numerology course and share um, numerology with others. Um, but uh, now is the time. I'm, I'm getting all the green lights and I'm being, I feel fully supported by family, friends, universe, spirit to go ahead and make it happen. And it wasn't until Courtney's hypnosis sessions that I finally, I did, things just fell right into place. I felt really good about it. Um, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, it's like all green lights, everything, everything was, fell into place. It was so natural and easy and there was flow. So I thought, okay. I can tell you that your website is beautiful. Oh, so thank you. Did it take a lot of time to get that together or did it just fall into place like you said? Exactly. Fell into place. The pictures, the words just flew right out of my fingertips. It was so easy. Like the logo and everything. It looks so, uh, so professionally you. done. It's, it looks great. It looks really cool. I had a lot of support. Um, somebody years ago did my logo for me and we went through a whole process. So it really encapsulated what, what I was visioning for, for, um, my business, who I was, what my interests and passions were. So she was able to really fine tune everything and create something beautiful that, yeah, I love that. I love that logo. 
So let's talk about the name of the company. And it's uh, a little unique in that um, a lot of spiritual, you know, um, endeavors, they stay away from the word money. I don't know. <laughs> Have you found that? <laughs> okay. So you, the name of your business is called Money Lighthouse, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So when we think of money, oftentimes we are, it has a repelling quality to it and an attracting quality, right? It's the tug, tug of the push and pull of money. We need it and we can do great things with it, but you know, we're very upset when we don't have it. <laughs> so the way I approach money is that it's energy and um, that if we have a really positive, loving mindset towards ourselves. And um, how does that translate to our relationship with money? So people don't think money is spiritual, but money is energy and spirit is energy. So can we transform our beliefs, thoughts, and eventually emotions and actions to be aligned with the spiritual aspect of money through the soul growth aspect of money through how can money be a vehicle for spiritual growth for personal growth so i'm sure you're an entrepreneur and you know that being an entrepreneur you go through a lot of personal growth so that's that's how i think of money is that it really is a mirror to say hey look at this the things that you're resenting about money maybe you should take a look at that and heal it that's kind of like a Kind of like turning the light on and shining the flashlight on something that could be just uh, uncomfortable, disagreeable. <laughs> and then that says a lot about how you can grow yourself. Or yeah, how you beautiful. Can... You, I, I'm a poet. I love poetry. And so you have a great, you know, metaphor here of the lighthouse because a lighthouse is mirrors and a light, you know, and so I think that's gorgeous. What struck me and i guess maybe it's obvious to some people but this is the first time i'm connecting the dots in a, in such a direct <laughs> way that um my belief system about money has been up to this point uh, i have to work hard to earn it and and i don't see that being very i don't see myself being very receptive of just money flowing in. Cause I have this belief system that you have to work hard and the people I've seen in my life, you know, they work hard for very little in return. So they're eking out a day-to-day -day existence. And so, but as you were talking, you know, you used this as a metaphor to the inner world and so I'm like, that's the same way it is with me and my relationship with love in a way. I find it very difficult sometimes to receive love because I'm like, what did I do to earn it? I love, I love what you're saying because yes, love is an energy, money is an energy. And so therefore, if love is an energy and money is an energy, so can money be love? And can we sit with that? And what, how do we feel with that statement? Money is love. 
it can be kind of tough because you know we're taught to money's evil money corrupts money makes people do bad things so why would we want to associate that with love so what i try to do is i try to help reframe okay money is love so by learning to receive receive love receive compliments can i be open to receiving money because money is love it's not something bad because naturally you no matter how hard you work for it if money is something bad to you you're not you're not going to want to let it into your life because who'd want to let corruption and evil and you know all of that into your life there's no way you would want to consciously do that but if it means if money represented helping someone improve their life then of course yes that's something beautiful that you want to invite more into your life more wonderful amazing people that you can help and i love that you said earn because earn is one of my trigger or used to be one of my trigger words like earn your money you have to earn my trust you have to earn 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 right uh, I, oh gosh whenever someone said earn i'm just like oh please <laughs> I don't have to earn, I don't have to earn, you know, I had a really stinky attitude towards that word and what it meant. But then I looked at the word and I kind of meditated on it and with maturity, I guess you could say, and some insight and kind of sitting with the word from a more compassionate space, I realized that the word learn is in the word word earn is in the word learn so i'm going through a learning process i am going to learn to improve my relationship with money see how it really is about love rather than um, corruption and evil so i'm learning to love myself i'm learning to receive goodness i'm learning to um, see myself um, worthy you know improve my self-worth of receiving loving energy so that's tied with the money the earning the learning the money the inviting people in trusting all of that <laughs> so and that's what i help yeah that's to continue the uh the word picture right if um we think about how we spend money i had um come across on Facebook or something, this whole idea, but so it's a certain blessing that you put on money when you give it. Maybe you know the exact word I'm talking about, but anytime you're paying for something, there's like a little blessing that you kind of give to the money uh, as you give it. And so I was thinking if we're like, in this moment, kind of equaling love to money, some of us are very stingy in giving love as well, money and love, because we're like, what did you do to deserve it? Am I, is it an equal um, give and take, you know? So we're very stingy with love and money as well. And at least I know I have been. So. Right. That's perfectly understandable because that is, has a lot to do with fear. So fear of 
you know, giving and not, then how is, how is the person receiving it? it am I going to be rejected? Therefore, am I giving it just with, you know, just with compassion, with no expectation? Can I release this? Can I release this money, release this love to, for someone else without any expectations of something in return? And if I don't get any, anything in return, am I okay with that? Just like love. And if they don't reciprocate my love, am I okay with that? What beliefs is, is that saying about, about me, about how I'm feeling about receiving love or not receiving love? So that money is such an amazing teacher that it's, you know, right in our face, like, like numbers. Then they kind of go, you know, it's, it's all around us. We can't avoid it, right? We can't avoid money. I, I'm sure we could. We could probably trade, but that's still an energy exchange. The same things would keep coming up. So, yeah, I, I think money is like, it's been, it's one of my greatest teachers. It shines a lot about, uh, a light on a lot about what I need to, what I need to, contemplate and grow into so yeah it, money can be a really beautiful thing too i know that's gonna it's kind of challenging for some people to see money that way but um little by little it yeah, can happen you have an accountant background or anything like that where you were able to take a love for numbers and apply it in a very i don't know day-to-day no, no. So I'm, I was terrible at math. I actually had to, I flunked algebra and I had to repeat it during summer school and I really wasn't happy about that. So numbers, uh, math, I'm not great at math. So accounting, no, definitely not. But our family business is a currency exchange. So I handle a lot in cash. So counting, handling money, handling actually physical money. Um, so that's my background. And when I was in, um, when, when I'm at the window, I can really observe people's emotions around money. And I noticed that, okay, when I provide as much information, this is the rate, this is the New York exchange, this is how, you know, what, what rate you're getting. The more information I provided them, the more at ease they were with the money. And then they felt better about letting go and doing the exchange. So I thought to myself, hmm, you know, this, people are the same about their money. You know, it's the letting go. Am I getting a good deal? It's that fear, you know, am I doing the right thing? And trusting myself. Do I trust myself enough to make the transaction even with all this information I'm getting? So a lot, I could see a lot in their face. And being somewhat empathetic, I know which ones are the ones that are just like, oh, here, okay, let's do it. Okay, fast, be fast about it. Okay, quick exchange, they're gone. But the ones that stand outside the window and stare, and then they're on their phone, <laughs> and I could sense their apprehension. Um, that's where I started learning about money and picking up things about how people feel and think about money, not necessarily the dollars and cents um, calculations and numbers, but 
what went on between the ears, behind the eyes, um, around their money and how they handled it. So, yeah. So Lighthouse Money, is that um, also the name or the umbrella with which that you operate this um, currency exchange? Or is Lighthouse Money simply for your spiritual development courses like Be Your Own Numerologist? So it's very um, separate. So the currency exchange is um, a family business. And Money Lighthouse is where I do my money coaching, um, money programs, um, and the numerologist, the numerology and bureau numerologist, um, the spiritual side. Okay, so if someone were to come to you for um, some money coaching, uh, what would a session at first look like? So when someone comes to me with money coaching, they I tend to attract very spiritual people who want to do, who are entrepreneurs and they have great compassion and, and they want to, they want to do their sacred work out in the world and they don't want to starve and they want to be able to make a living, you know, gas in the car, food on the table, but they want to do it in a soulful, spiritual kind of way. So that's, um, that's typically the, the people who I attract into money coaching. And they're also very um, open. They're open to seeing things in a different way. And they're motivated to kind of do the, do the soul searching inner work in order to be more comfortable with their money. So it just depends. I use the numerology and the Vedic astrology and Akashic record reading as a way to support them. So if they're not sure, you know, about what kind of services, what kind of mission or what kind of uh, life purpose, I help them with that. Um, but I use the money piece as, um, as an indication of where they can uh, focus on as far as personal growth. So you read Akashic records as well. Yes. Yeah. So mm -hmm. right now I'm just a level one. And so I'm looking for a teacher that can take me to level two. So oh, nice. I, I think it'd be really, really cool to be able to, I think the Akashic records are such a loving space. I would like to be able to introduce people uh, to the, the wisdom and the good advice and stuff that's there waiting for them. Yes, absolutely. And I love that you are a dream interpreter because that, the, I, I feel like the dreams are like a way of communicating to, to us and that there's a symbolic nature about them and it has messages and meaning just like the numbers. So, um, and sometimes I feel like Akashic work and dream work just work beautifully hand in hand mm -hmm. and um completely yeah yeah it's so beautiful how all these different modalities kind of can link together and make something very unique or you know the the practitioners the service providers can like create very interesting very specific things with all these different modalities which i love i love watching 
entrepreneurs, spiritual entrepreneurs. I love watching how they incorporate different modalities together. It, it's so fascinating because, I mean, you want to talk about how to set yourself apart from the very noisy, crowded entrepreneurial space. I mean, that's perfect because that's so uniquely you shining your talents and gifts. So yeah, it's great. So who did you learn how to read um, Akashic Records from? So I learned from two different, uh, two different people, two different schools. One is Jennifer Longmore and the other one is Andrea Hess. I will probably try and see if I can find them online and put links um, to their courses if they offer them online. Yes, I, I believe both of them do. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, I highly recommend both of them, either one. So Angie is very structured. You use a pendulum at first. Uh -huh. So, and that, um, by the end of that course, you can do for yourself and others. And then Jennifer Longmore, um, she is very, it's very different. No pendulum, no questions, like yes or no. It's a lot about, okay, what are you getting from, what are you receiving? What kind of messages are you receiving? So you get really good at free flowing messages. Whereas Andrea, it's very step-by-step. Step. You're gonna go through uh, the soul profile, which is soul group. What's your soul group of origination? What are your energy centers of specialization? I mean, it's very detailed. So they're very opposite. I mean, they're two very different styles, but I mean, they're both great. I, I love both of them. And, and if you decide to take both, then, you know, it's nice because you can, you can go back and forth. You can do the very structured profile and do the, the other kind of more um, intuitive downloading kind of um, channeling method of Jennifer or the very structured Andrea with the pendulum and the yes or no questions. So maybe this is just meddling, but uh, how often do you find yourself reading your own records? Like I do it. I've, I've just started a daily practice in which I pull a card and I use that as my- a tarot card? Uh, an oracle card. Okay. What deck do you and use? I, I use, oh, April. You're gonna love this deck. <laughs> it is sacred. <laughs> Creators oh, by wow. Chris Ann. So I got a funny story to tell you. So when I when I when I decided on the the word of the the linguistic tag word, mm -hmm. I said spectacular, right? And I'm like, I love that word, but you know, I don't know if people are gonna use that word and think that you know that's a really wonderful word to use so I kind of pondered a little bit about it and I'm like well I'm going to just move on with my day and then I pulled a card that was uh it's called lead your metamorphosis and in the card description it says we choose the comfort of the warm cocoon over the freedom of something spectacular Oh, perfect. That and so when I read that, I'm like, all right, that's the word. I'm keeping it. I'm not going to change it. So I thought, oh, and you would love her, Chrisanne, because she's very poetic. Her descriptions, oh, they are lovely. They 
flap. <laughs> okay. Well, can we can we go to my name now and oh. see how I need to craft my my professional name? How I need to be presenting oh, my. myself. So right now I'm going with April D. Scheffler. But okay. if I can, if I need to just put out the middle name altogether, or if I need to expand it and take a, take a, a, a cue from your playbook and use my, my middle name, okay, because listeners will be interested, uh, before we started recording and I asked you, you know, how to pronounce your name and you told me, and you included the middle name and I'm like, is that your middle name? Or is that part of your last name? Like a two word last name. And, she, and you said, that's your middle name. And that I was like, oh, that's nice that you're using it. You know, a lot of people don't, they just omit their middle name. And you're like, well, that was very intentional. I use it because of the numerology behind using my middle name. And so I was like, oh, wow, we're gonna have to definitely bring this up during our, during our conversation. Yes. So, oh, I would say use April Dawn Scheffler, S-C-H- E-F-F-L-E-R, yeah. Use April Dawn Scheffler because in the system I use for current names, it equals to uh, 7310. So you have the number seven, three, but interestingly you have the 10 and 10 is the number of the wheel of fortune. So it's about creation, creativity. If you look at the 10, it's the male and female of creation, right? Um, without getting too graphic. It's the one and the zero represents, you know, the yeah. male and the female. Um, um, uh, what was I saying now? <laughs> it's a little distracting mental picture there. But. Yeah, so um, it's the Wheel of Fortune. So it's also about um, manifesting quickly, instant manifestation. So, what you think, what you focus on, you manifest. So that's um, your number, um, your current number, current name number, if you use Dawn rather than D. I would like to look at some of your other numbers before I would say definitely, like I would like to look at your birth date numbers before I gave you a definitive thumbs up on April Dawn Scheffler as a professional name. So we add up the month, which is a six, plus two, plus seven, which is for the 27th. And then we add the one, plus the nine, plus the eight, plus the one, and that equals 34. So that is your, that is your life purpose, the seven. So that's all about um, intuition. It's being, you're very intuitive. It's about spirituality. It's about um, inner wisdom, going within and searching from within rather than trusting or rather trusting yourself rather than what other people say is good for you. Like, you know, you're, you're your own guide. You're your own authority. You're your own um, uh, best person to, to consult with. So I think that's interesting because with my little bit of astrology um, information that I've gotten, and it's not the same as the, the Vedic 
astrology, mm -hmm. which I'm so curious as to find out the, from you the differences, but um, that aspect of me uh, can be reflected in that the planet uh, Uranus is in my first house. And so, right? <laughs> uh, I read that that shows, um, shows up as a rebellious streak or a distrust of other people's other people telling you what's good or right or the correct way of doing things. So there's, but yeah, you just have that underlying distrust of systems. And so you, it is all about being the individual. Yes. And it's also about um, inspiring a change in the system, inspiring things to, um, to look at things differently in a way that is enlightening, like flashes of like ahas. That's to me, that's what that planet is all about. It's also about like things that are unexpected. And my goodness, how delightful are unexpected things. I mean, you know, that's a real gift. Then that's your, if that's your first house, then that's what you're here to do and bring is change and the wonderful, unexpected, delightful things. So, so when I asked the Akashic Records um, what my, my purpose was, like what is my spiritual gift? And I thought maybe it'd be, you know, taking it a step further with the Akashic Records or I don't know what it was, but I thought it was gonna be something like this grand idea. And what came through was that I needed to bring through fun that I needed to bring fun into the world. And so I don't necessarily ever think of myself as a particularly fun person, but I enjoy being around people with that sense of play and that curiosity. And, and so I think that for me, it's been part of my transformation is because at least initially, and I still find myself dealing with this, was very much a black and white type of person. Per person, that's how I was grown up to be. You know, there's a there's a right, there's a wrong. You know, very clear cut sense of justice, which I've also come to find out. I guess my Saturn is in Libra or something like that. <laughs> so anyway, um, but now kind of slowly evolving to where to see the gray and to see how that the truth that I always took to be the truth, right? There was no questioning. It can be different. Like in the Akashic Records, you learn that the truth is very flowing. Um, what, what, you, what you get from it is what you need to know in that moment to make a decision. Um, it's not necessarily gonna be true tomorrow or the next month you know, that kind of thing, but it tells you what you need to know for the now. And mm. so, so I just, I think that's so fascinating and I totally lost track of where I was going. <laughs> it's Uranus and the unexpected and the delight of the unexpected. And I mean, surprises can be fun. Yes. And, you know, surprises like, who doesn't love a, a, a nice surprise? Mm -hmm. It's unexpected and brings so much joy and fun. So I yeah, love I that love, that it's your, 
I love Uranus. gifts. Like, you know, if you talk about the five love languages, oh, yeah, gifts, and it always makes you seem so materialistic and all that stuff. But no, like, um, if my spouse or partner were to bring home just a, a candy bar and a scratch off, I'd be like, oh my gosh, that is so cute. <laughs> and it just lightens, it just, you know, lightens up the room and makes me feel just so much better. <laughs> Yeah, and I think gifts are beautiful because you can see them and you appreciate them. And then when you see them again, you're like, oh, gosh. It gives back to you. It keeps giving. Yes, it does. (laughs) I love that. Let's talk about the uh, Vedic astrology. Tell us how that's different than how we here in the United States may traditionally think of astrology. So astrology, Vedic astrology is from India. So Vedic astrology can differ by one sign in calculation. So for example, in Western, I'm a Cancer. Um, my sun sign so is Cancer, but, Which but in Vedic, my ascendant in Western is Aries. Okay. In Vedic, my sun sign is in Gemini and my rising sign is Pisces very different (laughs) very different right so uh, what I say is that Vedic astrology uses the nakshatras so you have 12 the 12 signs of the zodiac nakshatras divide the 12 into 27 signs so I say that's what makes Vedic astrology different from Western astrology is that it incorporates and uses nakshatras. So nakshatras are called lunar mansions and it's 27, it's divided, it divides the 12 signs of the zodiac into 27 mansions or um, I don't wanna say houses cause that will be confusing. So 27 stars, so it's based off of stars. That's um, the differentiating most differentiating thing about Vedic astrology is, is the use of nakshatras. Uh, so without going into which one's the real one, <laughs> yeah, uh, which one has been around for longer or have they always kind of coincided? Like they've always existed side by side. So it's hard to say which one influenced the other, but um, with Vedic astrology, they use a lot of, where things are in the sky at this particular time. So it's not set. Western astrology, you always start with Aries, but you might not necessarily start with Aries now with the the way the planets and the way the earth and it has its wobble, et cetera, et cetera. I don't want to get into the, the astronomy of it, but I would say that neither one is better than the other it's just what what works for you so what what do you relate most deeply to so for example i like to use western astrology when i when i'm talking with people because that's what most people know but if i'm with a vedic astrologer then oh yeah of course i'm gonna i'm gonna talk vedic astrology with them but i do love the nakshatras that's what drew me in is that you can get so specific with 
where your sun is, where your moon is. And in Vedic astrology, it's all about the moon. So in Western, we say, what's your sign? We mean, where's your sun sign? But in Vedic astrology, it's what's your star? And they're referring what star is your moon in? Because the moon is the closest luminary to Earth. So it has a great influence on us, right? We see that with um, the rising of the tides. Um, we, we have, an, the full moon has an effect on us. So they look at the moon, like where's your moon? What star is your moon in? So that's another thing that differs with the two, the two practices. But I love both. Hi, enough of that baby body they're talking about all the nonsense. Let's go to this nonsense. This is nonsense with Natalie Corner. Okay, so we have a riddle. Okay, so everybody, ears up, be like a rabbit. Okay, so. What what travels around the world but stays in a corner? Do you know, Mommy? Mm-mm. It's a stamp. <laughs> in, in the envelope, it's in a corner of an envelope, but it can travel around the world. Oh, that's good. <laughs> that's good. Well, I feel like we yeah. got a little bit off on me, and this interview is about no. me. No, <laughs> I was, I was going to real quick about your name that I like that the numbers come out that you use your middle name, Dawn, because it's so fresh. It's about, you know, new beginnings, right? It's, it's really lovely. April Dawn Scheffler. Yeah. And so people will ask me, were you born in April? And I have to say, no, I was not. I was born in June. And, you know, I have to tell them the story that my mom just loved the idea of spring mornings and something about that. So she decided to call me April Dawn. (laughs) It was either that or my dad, uh, his name's Bruno, very German name. And he was joking, not joking. He totally would have done this in a heartbeat. (laughs) Called me either Brunetta or Brunessa. And so my mom was like, it's April Dawn. (laughs) (laughs) So that whole, this whole journey recently of me having a podcast, me putting my name on everything has been in itself medicine. Like I have for so long, and even now I'm not exactly sure, I haven't really jived or connected with my name. I never really, I don't know, liked it in a way. I never really liked my name, uh, but just going through this uh, process of naming the website Aprilific, you know, and having my name on everything. It's just me putting it out there and, you know, just accepting it, owning it. And then as far as my podcast, I have always hated the sound of my voice. And so going through this process of having a podcast, having to hear my own voice as I go back and edit everything, it's been, 
like I said, medicine. It's been really interesting part of this healing journey. Taking what I have and owning it. And because, you know, there's those little things that stick with you. I remember as though it were just yesterday, this woman had said, wow, you have such a high-pitched voice. You sound like Minnie Mouse, like a cartoon character. She said that. And I'm like, <laughs> if I didn't have problems before, you know, then she goes and says something like that. It just like sticks there in the back of your head. Yeah. Oh, I can relate. I would get, I would enter the phone and the person on the other line would say, can I speak to your mother? Yes. <laughs> Seriously. Yes. Uh, true story. I totally relate. I had a boyfriend in, well, kind of a boyfriend. We're just talking in high school that, that broke up with me because he couldn't stand the sound of my voice. I sounded like a kid. He said, he said he felt like he was talking to a kid on the phone. <laughs> so I, I totally can relate. I mean, yeah. I, I'm sending you kisses. Right now. Um, and I never told anybody that, but I, yeah, it's it. Yeah. I, I totally, I totally get it. Like when I do my little, my little videos on new moons and the nakshatras and everything. So you have a YouTube channel? Oh no, it's oh, okay. um, the one I send it out on the email list. So every new moon, full moon, I'll send out a little, a little video um, presentation. It took me the longest time to do that, to be able to make that first video because I could not stand the sound of my voice. But now I'm just, it is what it is. I can't change it. I can't talk more because it, it sounds ridiculous. <laughs> and right, when you think about it, voice is energy too. So we're all yeah. gifted with this very unique frequency. So I don't know. But that's, I, that's what drew me to your podcast to listen more because I like the sound of your voice. Like, I think I even wrote to you that you had a really nice voice, a really nice speaking voice. Right. But isn't so. it easy for you to hear something like that and then just disregard it? Like, oh, that's sweet. And then like, not really take it to heart because yeah. you already have this idea in your head of what everyone thinks must think of you or something like that. <laughs> yes. Yes. So I'm right there with you. I'm holding your hand. Okay. We're holding hands. Do you have time for us to go through the uh, listener questions? Yeah. Okay. So yeah, that's, that's... Um, there are no more questions more important than my own because it's my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we get to do my question first. <laughs> yes, absolutely. All right. So... When I was very first starting off with the Akashic Records, what was coming, you know, sometimes it's not these, this long flowing eloquent thing. It's just maybe a phrase or an idea. And what was coming through rather redundantly was the number four and how it tied in to justice somehow. And I had no idea, like if that was even a thing, I like, I would Google four, and justice. 
and I, I didn't quite ever like find a connection. And then um, I started looking at the astrology, my natal chart, and you can see that this Saturn has like kind of what looks like a four in the symbol. And, and Saturn kind of represents justice, right? Or not? Yes. And so I'm trying to like put together, you know, connect all the dots. So can you tell me what the Akashic records were trying to maybe highlight to me? So four is in regards to justice. Four means a square deal. So fairness. Mm -hmm. Because you have four sides of a square, four, four, um, four corners or angles of a square. So each part is even. It's not a rectangle, but it's a you know, square, four equal sides. So in numerology, if in relating to justice, it would be fairness. Yeah, I don't know why I have fairness and justice have always been such, I don't know, a cornerstone of how I feel like I operate. Like I don't, <laughs> I want to get, I want to be treated fairly and I want to feel like I'm giving others uh, a, you know, fair, I want to be, I want to feel like I'm a very fair person and just in my stuff. So I don't know why, but it would kept, it kept coming up the number four. It kept coming up with the concept of justice. And I'm like, I don't really see myself on any type of justice campaign. So I didn't know exactly why it kept coming up, but um, that is cool to hear you affirm that there is a, a connection there. Yes. And it's also about manifesting. So here we are, another manifesting number besides the 10 is the four. Because if you look, if you look at the number four, you'll see um, if you do it, if you write the number four where it's open at the top rather than a triangle at the top, it kind of looks like an antenna. Mm -hmm. So you can think of the four as tapping into the ethers and bring it down to form. So whatever, you know, you're using your intuition, channeling, it's about being the antenna or being the physical um, vehicle to create things into form, to put the, or make things into tangible things. So taking concepts, ideas, inspiration, and creating something physical from it. So just now I got that maybe the fairness of the four is also to be, to make sure you're fair with yourself. Like I get the strong feeling that you want to ensure fairness for others. And right. And do you need to step up in any way to advocate for yourself? Oh, Michelle, you're meddling now. <laughs> Better step back, sister. <laughs> so that's Ooh. the... <laughs> so how in your experiences, how have you shaped your life? How have you formed your relationships? not only on behalf of others in with their with their intention or interest in mind but also yours
Well, I'm not just them, 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 but also you, you, you. Getting a little emotional for some reason <laughs> about that. Mm -hmm. Um. So yeah, uh, in my already already knew I was going to ask you about that connection, and um, I looked at my phone because I I was trying to grab a quick picture of some roses in my backyard. Mm -hmm. And so I grabbed my phone to go take some pictures real quick before my, I started this interview with you. And I looked at my phone, I took a screenshot and sent it to you, but it was four forty four in Central Standard Time. And so I thought that was so cool. Just a neat little, another tap by the universe, like just letting me know that it's here. And, and then I have the four shows up in my phone number. I've had it like the same phone number forever. And it's 844-8443. Uh-huh. Bunch of words there. And I've never really felt a connection to the, you know, people have their lucky numbers. And I have never really felt any kinship to the number four, but maybe it is my <laughs> it's my new lucky number my my new ally yes yeah that's so beautiful i love it let's get to one of the other questions now that we've gotten mine um out of the way okay so this one comes from erin she says the numbers 7 19 come up for me continuously and is also my birthday. It's really almost driving me crazy. I don't know what to think about it, um, but it's so constant that even my husband notices. Oh, interesting. So seven and 19. So whenever I see 712, which is my birthday, that's like the universe's way of saying, good job, you're on the right track. You're living your purpose. It's, uh, it encourages me that I'm living what I'm, I was born here to do at this time, right? Because this incarnation, July 12th, I chose to come here. So I would say if that is specifically her birthday, then it's the universe's way, it's the universe's way of saying, you're on the right track, keep going. Or it's saying, take a minute, pause, reflect are you on the right track are you ignoring something that you need to address to get you back on track back in alignment for what you're here what you why you're here so if, if, if it's specifically your birthday like for me it's 712 or for her it's 719 then that's my my um cue or my message from, you know, soul, higher self, spirit guides to say, yes, you are doing, you're living your purpose, keep going, and they're cheering me on. But it, it so I, I'm not sure, Erin, if she would, you know, wants to email me or if um, I can help her in any way to interpret what that sign specifically is for her, then she's more than welcome and you can, you can, Give her well, she's in our workshop so she, oh. told me, <laughs> she told me to uh send her a link to the episode whenever uh so that she could hear your answer to yeah. the question so but yeah so. you can just 
message her directly next time we're in class together. Yeah. So that's, that's my, how I interpret, like when I see my birthday, 712, 712, 712, like good job going, keep going, keep going. Or wait a minute, Michelle, remember, this is what you came here to do. Are you doing it? And are you doing it in a way that serves others? Okay, so Courtney Starkey, who we've talked about several times already, she's a fantastic person. Yes. She was asking, any fun insights on your husband's numbers, 117 and 17, always coming up in your official business, <laughs> like post office box number, website ID, Zoom account number, etc. A fun little insight right off the bat is that her husband is part of her business. So her husband, what, maybe whether she uh, recognizes it on a daily basis or often enough is a huge support in her business because his numbers show up in her business. So it's like he is supporting her business in whatever way. Um, I'm not sure, I'm not sure what, how or where, um, but I would say to Courtney, um, go to your husband and give him a high five or a hug and say, thank you for your support because your support helps me do my business, create my business and serve others and change lives and do this amazing work. So thank you for your support. Um, Have you heard? I she has this precious story that she talks about her husband, how when he was younger, you know, they asked, what do you want to be when you grow up? And some people are a doctor, lawyer, maybe some people would, you know, some of the kids would say teacher. And he said flower pot. That's okay, so right. what kid says flower pot? I want to be a flower pot when I grow up. Well, fast forward, you know, he, <laughs> and he was like, I did it. I became the flower pot. You are the flower. And so, did you hear that story? Oh, yeah. That is so precious. Yes. I just remembered. Yes. So that's him showing up and supporting. And that's why he's quote unquote in her, in her business. And the number 17 is a really beautiful number. Um, it's the number of creating a legacy. It's the Im immortality number. So it reduces to eight, which is power and abundance. So he's supporting her so that she can create this business that will, that she's creating a legacy. This is something she'll leave behind. This um, so empowering hypnosis, pay it forward hypnosis. This is all, it's, um, it has longevity and relevancy for in the future. So that is the 18 number. So in essence, he is helping her create this entity of this beautiful business that will carry on. That's just not a fleeting thing for the moment, but it's something that will last. And that's their legacy. So I think that's really, really special. Um, and that it creates, you know, power, empowerment. Um, that's part of her word, soul empowerment, hypnosis, um, and abundance. I have always liked the number 27, I guess, because my birthday is on the 27th day of June. And so 
if I were to have to put together some lottery numbers, 27 <laughs> would always show up, you know. Um, is there anything cool about 27? I love the number 27. Um, that's the number I chose to create Money Lighthouse. So Money Lighthouse's birthday is January 27th. And um, it relates back to the grand mystery and the, the cosmic, um, like I can see it, the grandeur of the cosmos and the 27 nakshatras because there's 27 nakshatras in the in the lunar mansions so it's to me it's it's taking this galactic energy and power and all these beautiful influences and then bringing it down to home so for me that's what the 27 is and um, it's about trusting your intuition it's being aligned to yourself, uh, to your intuition, and going with that. So that, to me, that's the 27. Cool. Yeah, I always felt yeah. like it seemed lucky to me. Like, this, that's a good number, 27. My daughter, she's nine years old. She likes the number 13. And so I didn't care to tell her that a lot of people consider that unlucky. I want her to create her own luck. And so if she loves the number 13, then... You go for it, little girl. <laughs> yes, and the 13 is actually one of my numbers, and it's all about transformation, metamorphosis, change. It's like the butterfly number. So you are Okay, can I say something real quick? Yeah, sure. So there is a type of astrology. I guess you can tell I've had this really, this interest for a long time, but I've never delved into it. But there's this... Um, cool little app or whatever it was that combined Western astrology with the Chinese um, astrology. And anyway, you put in her birth, uh, my daughter's birth date and all that stuff. And so, oh, it was like, I think the name of the quiz was, what's your primal uh, spirit animal or something Aww. like that. Anyway, hers is the butterfly with her uh, birth date. I guess. Oh my goodness. Yeah, it was so cool. And I read the description. In fact, every single description of me, my daughter, and my husband so spot <laughs> on. It was scary. I was like, oh my gosh, why are not more people using this, this thing? <laughs> yes. Yeah. And the 13, going back to the 13, it's also about um, healing, doing healing work. Mm -hmm. So um, back in the day when we had uh, people, women that used earth medicine, they often aligned themselves to the number 13, the vibration of the, of the number 13. So it's that process of that awkward, uncomfortable, painful life lesson or situation that you're dealt with finding the medicine to transform it into something beautiful. So, okay. So let me, let me say this as well. It, I was looking at her, uh, maybe it's a year ago now. And I was thinking to myself, what do I want? What am I expecting of her? What do I want her to become? You know, cause sometimes as parents, we have expectations, you know, Oh, what my, my child's going to become a doctor or, you know, you don't really 
allow for the universe to do its thing and you have your own ideas of what you want your child to do and accomplish and what your ideas of success are. And I looked at her and I realized what came to mind in my heart was healer. I want her to be a healer. And, and I was like, I don't even care if she doesn't heal anybody else except herself. Mm. I want her to be happy. And so I just thought that was so cool. Her favorite number is 13. You bring it up that it's the, the, the earth medicine, this number of healing and how I had, that's what I had wished for her in that moment. What I want her to grow up to be is a healer. Mm. And I can look like whatever, you know, physically in the world, you could be a doctor, an attorney or an accountant, but yeah, that's what I wanted for her spiritually, you know, for her soul. Yes. Oh, I love it. Yeah. That's amazing. That's how the numbers, how you work with the numbers and play with the numbers. I'm so excited to see what I'm going to learn <laughs> during your class. This is going to be so cool. So can you tell our listeners um, when the class starts? I was hopeful to get this out into the world before the uh, registration closed for your class coming up. When does that start? So registration closes on the 12th, but class, the official kickoff class doesn't start until the 17th. So if somebody, if the cart closes and they really, really want to um, join us, then just have them email me and then I will send them a link, a private link. Okay, yeah. Awesome. Happy. Yeah. And I know this is the very first um, manifestation of this course. Uh, do you already have plans for this, uh, for the registration, for people to register for the next time that you offer this? Yes. Yeah. And I will, I will continue to add on different um, modules. So I want to add on different calculations, how to calculate different, different things. Um, uh, yeah, so absolutely. It will be an ongoing thing, but um, this, first, this first launch is like the foundation. If you can get this foundation, like a really good um, understanding and working with the numbers, then you can do, numbers can pop in, people can ask you, what does 1111, what does 555, whatever, and you would have, you would be able oh my gosh. to help okay, them. Stop right there, Michelle. <laughs> like I have, in my Akashic Records, I have um, a private blog and I have titles to different entries. And one is 1111 and then the one's 555. And so I just think it's so cool that you brought those two numbers <laughs> up. <laughs> like stop that is so cool <laughs> that is so neat so side note i am really curious i guess i'll find out during the workshop if what the akashic records told me matches up with what i'll learn you know in your class as to what those mean so that's yes. going to be interesting <laughs> yes yes so we have another question um mm -hmm. from instagram um what is the difference between angel numbers and numerology? Okay, so angel numbers, oftentimes people refer to angel numbers as repeating, this, repeating numbers like 555, 
So people say, oh, that's an angel number because it's a number that repeats itself three times. So that. So does that I guess be three they, or more times to be an angel I, number? Three times because okay. when a number repeats twice, people usually refer to that as a master number. Hmm. So like 11, 10, 10 would be a master number? Or... Uh, no, one, one would be a master number. Okay. So 10, 10 would be an angel number. Mm. But to me, we can say that they're angel numbers or to me, it, there's really no difference. It's just messages through numbers from the universe, from spirit, from, from God. And then numerology is the calculations, the symbolism of the number, um, and how we calculate different things, um, the, the kind of like translating a language. So that would be numerology. And then angel numbers is just a way of saying, okay, if you see 555, it means this, this, this. That means, you know, that has a specific translation. But with numerology, you use your own intuition. You use what you feel those numbers represent. So I'm thinking it could be very confusing for people when they look up, say, um, 22. When they look up 22, they're going to be they're going to get a lot of information. But for me as a numerologist, I'm like, okay, well, 22. This is how I see it. This is what it means to me. So if someone were to ask me, this is what I would say to them. And then I take it that I'm delivering the message that they need to hear. Mm-hmm. Like the Akashic Records. <laughs> yes. So mm -hmm. if someone goes online and Googles it, they'll get a lot of information. Right. It might not I, be the truth in quotation marks, but it's the truth that that person needs to hear. Like that's yes. true for them in that moment. That's what they needed to receive. Exactly. So they're, if they're getting a lot of different um, interpretations or different translations, I would say to the person, which one do you resonate the most with? Which one made you pause and think, hmm, that's interesting. I would go that route rather than, but that contradicts that and that they're saying something else. And, you know, I would take a step back from that and say, okay, well, this is all the things that are presented to me. Which one of these things do I most resonate with or which is the message for me? Mm -hmm. So they have to use kind of their own intuition and their own sensing about it. So that's how I would go about with the different things that people are finding out online. Okay, so another question that this uh, person asked, <clears throat> he says, I audio journal, and if I notice a sequence of repeating numbers, I'll speak them into the note in passing and continue with my journaling. The intention is to go back when I'm transcribing the notes and attempt to connect the numerology meaning with what I was talking about or what was going on in the environment at the time, etc. The trouble I've found is Googling, and I'm pausing yeah. because is because I'm pausing because as I'm reading this, I think you've already just answered this. Okay. Uh, the trouble I've found is Googling what does 333 mean in angel numbers or numerology. For example, as many, many different descriptions, oftentimes contradictory. So recommendations are highly appreciated, he said. So again, that would, your answer would be, see what's there available and then 
pick what resonates with you. And for this person, if he's doing journaling or uh, what did he say? Auto? Audio journaling. Uh -huh. Audio, audio, not auto, like automatic writing. Mm, no. Okay. So if he's in a process of downloading or doing intuitive work, it's, it's significant that that's a great idea that he, he just says it out loud and then goes back when he's transcribing or she, um, uh, to find the message of that. It depends on what, what repeating number it is or what number he's noticing. And then what message do, does spirit have for him at that time regarding what he's writing about? So the way I see it, it's like, I'm imagining this person speaking into like his phone or her phone. And they're, they're saying, this is what I'm getting. This is how I'm feeling. And then they notice, oh, it is uh, 222 or 666. Oh, no, you can't have 66. It's 222 or 555. And then he no notates that. Go back. What were you transcribed or what during the transcription? What were you saying during that audio? And then what does the numbers have to say? Um, regarding that that's a really cool message for him that he might be speaking or she might be speaking to him him or herself themselves but someone's talking back there was one more thing i thought but i couldn't find the um question but she had had a question about i think she was seeing uh the number one everywhere so she wanted to know what it meant I did forward her the link to your numerology course. Uh, so maybe I'll see her uh, in class. But is there anything spe uh, special that you could say about repeating ones? Well, ones. Okay, okay. So the number one is all about independence, standing on your own. Um, it's also a number about being the trailblazer. So doing things apart from what everybody else is doing, kind of honoring your uniqueness. It's also about innovation. It's about um, wanting to be number one, like having that ambition and drive. So if you look at the number one, it's very straight. It's not curvy. It's, you know, there's no bending in the shape. It's very straightforward, very focused. So that's the number one. And if you, if she sees 11, that's about intuition, being highly intuitive. So if she's seeing 11 specifically, then that's referring to their intuition and their inner guidance and, and psychic downloads. So it's a pay of attention. So the way I see the number 11, the way I just recently, and I've been doing numerology for a really long time, but this is the beauty of the numbers that it keeps evolving and you keep gaining insight. Is just recently, I was watching something on YouTube about the brain, and I think it's about the pineal gland. So that the pineal gland, which is where our intuition comes, how we access our intuition in our physical brain, from what. I'm not a scientist or a neurologist, so I don't know, but this is what I got from 
the YouTube video. So it sits right in the middle of the left and the right brain. So I look at the left brain as a one and the right side of the brain as another one. And the pineal gland, that right in the middle, that center space without any numbers in it, that is like the runway to your intuition. So that's how I remember the one, as the, the both sides of the brain working in harmony so you can get those downloads, so you can be intuitive. And since it's a master number, because it's repeating the number one, it's one one, it's a, so in order to gain mastery for something, you need to work at it. We need to wrestle with it. We need to like eat, sleep, drink, absorb, interact with it. And that's how we become masters of the number because we know it so well. So it's not just like, oh yes, you're a master, good job, here's your award. It's like, you've been through all of this in order to achieve mastery, right? It's that practice, the sweat and the um, efforting and the experience of that comes before in order before you become the master. So with 11, it's that it's saying you are now going to embark into a new phase. You are stepping over the threshold into the unknown. So you see the ones as columns and the empty space between the two columns. It's like the unknown where you're stepping into, where you're taking a chance and trusting that that's where you're going to move forward to. Taking a risk, stepping into the unknown, trusting and learning and you know, what's going to happen. That's okay if you don't know because you're going to trust that you'll be fine and safe and you'll be able to move forward. Also, the number one, I think of like two hands, when you put two hands together in prayer, that's when you, that's like the physical and the spiritual coming together. That's the one, the two hands kind of moving together in prayer, in um, sacred intention. So that's what I think of when I see the number 11. And then when people see 1111, 11, it's like double. It's even, it's saying, it's giving you the, it's encouraging you to be on that path. So it's trying to get your attention. How can people find out more about you and follow what you're making in your own sandbox. Okay, uh, they can go to my website. It's um, moneylighthouse.com or they can also take a look at the course information. Um, it's under the, the tab numerology. So if they click on numerology, they can take a look at the, the course tab, um, course info. Um, they, I also have an Instagram. It's at Michelle I. Revis, M-I-C-H-E-L-A-I-R-E-A-V-I-S. I love how in the Lifestylist podcast, Luke's story ends his pods asking his guests this question. So I'm including it in mine. Who have been three teachers or teachings in your life that you might share with our audience that they could go research and also learn from? Okay, uh, I would say money most definitely has been a great teacher. 
um, relationships. So the people that come into my life, how much they've taught me and provided fertile ground for me to grow and learn and blossom. And I would say Courtney Starkey, definitely. She, like, her hypnosis classes, workshops, they really clear the path to my um, expression, soul expression, self-expression, as well as creating um, offers and courses and um, different ways to help serve. Thank you, Michelle, so much for joining me in Sheffy's Sandbox. Much love. It's been a joy and um, an honor, and I, I had so much fun. I loved every minute of it. And thank you for inviting me.